Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. Donna Dort. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crackling Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm going to hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. We are part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Recording live from beautiful Sonora, Texas, home of the JL Bar Ranch. It's a gun ranch, Andrew. Wow. You've been shooting lots of guns, Al? No, I've never shot a gun in my life, and uh, I was supposed to actually shoot clay pigeons this morning. I was like, oh, I got a pod, can't do it, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm delaying that further. Because I just <laughs> at this point, it'd be more funny if I didn't shoot a gun <laughs> at a gun yeah. ranch. <laughs> at a gun ranch, it would be. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, it's a bit now that you have it's to play a bit. it to. I am going to do yeah. some archery later. Nice. So I'm excited about that. They have some, uh, they, they have like exotic wild animals here that people come from all over the world to like hunt, I guess. I don't know. Like I don't know what? why I'm here. Like crazy animals. Like I've never even seen before. I went on their website really? and was looking at the, the animals. Like animals I've never heard of. And so and you want to kill them? I mean, apparently it's like a huge sanctuary and they take care of the animals and they have like 13,000 acres. I don't know. Apparently it's all on the up and up, but uh, huh. it's a, it's interesting. an interesting place, and that is where I am. Wow, where that is that is where I watched that amazing game last night. <laughs> it it would have taken me fifteen thousand guesses to to guess that you were there. You know, I would oh, I could yeah, have never it's, guess. <laughs> it, yeah, it does not fit with my persona at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that game last night was it was kind of a doozy. It was. Uh, the Kings are such a weird team because they're clearly better than that Thunder team that started Paul Watson and Isaiah Roby. I mean, it's just... Did did they the, have anyone missing that I should know about? Like, who was missing? I was I was trying to figure out because uh, Halliburton had some quote afterwards. It was like, you know, with a lot of guys out, I knew I had to step up. And I was looking at the roster. About Tristan like, Thompson, Harkless, like what are they, those guys were DMPCDs? <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know exactly who he's talking about. I mean, uh, yeah, like, that was bizarre because watching that game, like that was the King squad that I'm familiar with. There wasn't anyone yeah. that I was like, "Who's he?" I knew everyone on the court. I was so yeah, confused by like, why is this game such a challenge for you? 
Because even looking yeah, at the box score, it's like how did I mean, they Dave, only Davion is Davion is like the big one, right? Oh, Davion. Okay, so there is one. There is one. But I mean, you're 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 rookie. Is <laughs> the reason that you're struggling with with the Isaiah Roby Thunder? I mean, it's just yeah, what like, a, come what on. a stupid team. I I don't even. The frustrating thing about the Kings is that, like, they're not as bad as you want them to be, considering, yeah. like, how awful people talk about them. They're just like, there's like a malaise watching them. It's like, it's almost oh, yeah. like every, everyone's just there to do their job. They're not really that interested in basketball. You know, they'll try, they're, they're going to try to win, but they don't really care if it ends yeah. up a win or loss. You know, we'll just do our best and uh, we'll see you later. There was just right. like nothing. There was like no energy. There was like a very like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it other than watching that team felt like just being in like sludge, where it's like nothing matters. Yeah, you just it feels like yes, they should absolutely win this game. Like the Kings have more talent. It's obvious. Like from top to bottom, they should win this game, and they would like put on the pressure for about five minutes, and then they would completely let off. <laughs> and then the Thunder would climb back in. And they'd be like, oh, crap, we got to do it again. And they would do it again. <laughs> and then they would completely let off. And it was just like, this is crazy. Like, it is madness to me. <laughs> they were they just, were doing, the entire game, it felt like they were doing the bare minimum they needed to do to win the game. Well, it felt like Halliburton was, like, one of the only guys that was really trying. And then, like, yeah. Fo- like Fox, like, there's just nothing really inspiring about him this season. Um, the only other guy, like Harrison Barnes shot the ball well, but only took 11 shots, which was weird to me. He made all, he made, he was five of 11, all five of those shots that he made were threes. Um, just kind of, I mean, he was hot for a little bit, but it was just a weird night from him. Um, Damian Jones was like surprisingly one of the only guys that like put in consistent effort, uh, for them, but, and probably should have played more than his 23 minutes, but. I don't know. I mean, I was when when we were in like the end, nearing the end of the third quarter, and like OKC was completing this run where they'd come all the way back, and now they were up by like six or whatever. I was ready to declare the death of the tank. I (laughs) I was like, "This is it! Like, if we're going to move into the eleventh spot tonight, we're jumping (laughs) the Kings in Portland. Like, it's over. Like, we're not. I know. Not that we can't still get a top pick because you can always just jump up from anywhere, but. It it really felt like if we're gonna win this game, then it's definitely over. It was a weirdly important night for the tank. It really was because if we're sitting here and the Thunder are basically in the same realm as like the Pacers and the Raptors and the Hawks, I'm I, I don't I don't know where I'm at. It's it's and it's a little scary to me that I that one game. <laughs> It's like hanging in the balance so much. But like the fact is like they have this back to back with the Suns. And so if you win and then you lose, like still you're not in a great spot. But if you lose both of these games, especially to the Kings, who are fourteen and twenty one, it's just strangely important to where the Thunder actually want to end up. And they're missing a ton of guys. They're playing a ton of minutes for guys that haven't played all season. Isaiah Roby just doesn't play for this team. He played twenty two minutes. Taylor Maladone doesn't play for this team. He played 22 minutes. 
Like those two are kind of the difference in the game. If you replace those guys, replace those spots with two competent players, you win the game. Like you absolutely oh, win this game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it's like they, they were definitely low lights. Like I mean, I thought Teo was terrible. Like even beyond his box score, he just looked so yeah. overmatched at so many points of this game. Anytime he was trying to like do something for himself, mm-hmm. he just looked like so out of sorts. Yeah. Can't and it was just it. ugly. But but there were bright spots. Like I thought like Deck, you know, his, put in 11 good minutes. Olivier Saar put in 12 good minutes. Like they're just, and I guess this is happening across the league right now where it's really yeah. impossible to tell like are any of these guys going to stick long-term because, you know, like, I saw uh, Yuta Watanabe up with the Raptors had like 26 and 13 in a game. So it's like, what, what are we really going to take away from any game right now? Because it's just impossible to tell. I mean, obviously there's talent all around the league. The fact that mm-hmm. a guy who is either not getting minutes or is in a different, entirely different league can come in and score like 20 points or whatever is, is pretty cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm struggling like what to take away from any of these games. And I think the, the yeah. biggest one is is Aaron Wiggins because he had that awesome game against the Pelicans, which I was there for. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. And, and then he was great again last night, and he was a plus 13. He was best on the team. And I thought Mikey did a great job of kind of comparing and contrasting him to Kenrich because mm-hmm. he does feel like that type of utility player. I mean, mm-hmm. I was at that game where he scored 24 points, and it was there was never a point in that game where I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, Aaron Wiggins is taking over." Like it doesn't <laughs> he doesn't score in that type of way, but he still scored 24 yeah. points. Like he just is yeah. one of those players that kind of does whatever you need when you need it. And so I'm excited about that, but I still have to like keep it within the context of like what's going on right now because it's just it's such a bizarre time. Yeah, that and the fact that. He's getting big minutes for the first time. Yeah. You know, even if this was a normal season, like you just can't trust like the first few games of a guy's career. You know, especially a guy that's like high energy, low mistake. Like the guy, he just doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he's either going to shoot it or make the right pass. Um, he's either or he's finishing a play, you know, so he's not going to turn the ball over. Um, so it's just hard to know. What he's, I mean, I, I feel like this is a, a guy that's going to be in the rotation probably for the foreseeable future. And so let's give him three weeks. Like, what is, what does he look like in three weeks? I mean, I feel, I definitely he's, feel, if he's still doing, the, if he's still doing this, then it's like, oh, okay, like, I think they've, they found a bench piece here, which is like pretty nice. Yeah. I feel better about him than like some past Thunder plays. Like, even Teo last year. When he had all those minutes at the end of the year, and you're thinking, "Oh, this guy looks like you know he could be a competent backup point guard," and then they draft mm-hmm. Josh Giddy, and you're starting to think, "Like, when is Teo going to get any minutes on this team in the role that we saw him last year?" And that's kind of well, what not we've as seen. Josh Giddy, but Trey. Yeah, the Trey, Trey is- one was the Trey was where I was like, okay, because I had to write something like right after they drafted Trey, and I'm like, I don't really get it. <laughs> it's kind of like. What I yeah. wrote because like I, I don't know. I was very interested to see where this landed, but but then I, even going curi- back, I'd be I'd be curious to know like what the Thunder thought about Teo after last season, even you know, yeah, and maybe well, maybe the maybe the draft tells us what they thought, or even someone like Perry Jones because we always remember that like awesome yeah. game, which I also think was like a short man game against the Clippers that year, 
and where he blows up and you kind of see the ceiling. But Mm -hmm. he was always the type of player where like, if he hits his ceiling, he's going to be like a dominant player on the court. So he, he needs, like his ceiling is so much harder to reach. Whereas I feel like with Aaron Wiggins, like there's clearly a spot open in this rotation for that type of role. So yeah. it seems more believable to me that he could fill that role in the coming, you know, couple seasons. So it, it, I definitely am like, I definitely believe it more than I have for some of these other guys who have had big games in the past. Um, but it still is, it is very early. Yeah. I mean, a role playing wing is what everybody's looking for. Right. right? Yeah. It's 30, 34 and a half percent from three on low. I mean, really low volume. What's he taken? He's taken 29 threes this season. So, but like, that's a good percentage. He's 16 of 18 from the, from two. Wow. That's really good. From the free throw line, he's 69%. Very nice, you know. <laughs> very con- nice. <laughs> very nice. He's contributing, you know. He's he has the same number of assists as Teo this season in almost similar minutes. It's wild. You know, he's he's <laughs> got like a decent steal rate. Like he's he's just he, a he, he he's fits. a fine wing. Yeah he, yeah, he just he fits so much easier than some of these other guys we're just throwing in there. Like you, yeah. you instantly see the fit with the team and. You know, we, obviously the big topic of conversation in our group chat everywhere is like, are they actually going to make a move? Are they actually going to trade someone like Kenrich? And do you feel, obviously it's only been a couple of games, but do you feel like, okay, maybe we have our next Kenrich. And so maybe it is okay if, if we, we trade Kenrich and get someone else. Like we have someone yeah. in the pipeline who at least is going to mirror that production or we can at least imagine him mirroring that production in the future yeah even if he doesn't like i still think trading kenrich is probably is the conclusion i've come to is it's just probably the right thing to do for this team so the the one trade i sent to you i didn't tweet about it because i was reading uh josh robbins on the athletic talking about the whiz and he really wants them to trade for uh sabonis and so he was talking about how he'll probably take a couple picks. Well, we have the Wizards pick, and it's protected for a really long time, out to 2026. So I think they can trade at 2028. But, of course, if you're the Pacers, like, is that really getting you that excited? If you're trading Demonis Sabonis, like one of your best players, for a pick that's years in no. the future? And no, so absolutely not. And so I was asking you, would you trade Kenrich? just for the Wizards unprotecting that pick. Now, it doesn't start till 2023, so it would not be for this year. It would be for next year. And basically, the idea is you're betting on Bradley Beal leaving this summer. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. bet. You're taking a bet that this pick is going to turn into something that they're not actually going to be able to trade for Sabonis and turn this around, that this team is going to continue on this, like, sub-500 pace they've been on after that early start in the season, and then maybe this turns into an amazing pick next year if Beal ends up leaving this summer. Because the more we watch this team, the, the harder it seems like it's going to be to get a top pick based on odds alone. Like we're going to have yeah. to start getting some picks that actually give us a shot to move up in some way. In the same way sure. that last year's did with that, that Houston pick. Yeah, We need more picks like that. And so that, that was one idea. Yeah, fine. What the the idea that I'm really latching on to, and this is not any way to conduct business, but is to trade Kenrich to one of these teams that's kind of close to the Thunder, 
in the standings to give them a boost away from us. You know, oh, in the lottery standings. Who, who would want that? That would probably be like the Pelicans. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, trade them back to the Pelicans, trade them to the Kings, trade them to the Blazers. You know, <laughs> and he's just, like, like a mole. Just, he is. He's like this, like this two or three win boost where you're just like, hey, here, just just have him and just get away from us. You know, <laughs> in the lottery standings. Uh, yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I I heard you and McKelly on on Monday. And it seems like you're you're a little bit more positive about our potential to land like in the top three as like the best, but you know top five definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four or five is where I, I still think that they'll be. And I'm kind of with McKelly, where like you know last night's loss is great in in the, in that respect, but I'm still like I look at these teams ahead of them, mm-hmm. and like. Uh, Portland obviously like needs to make a trade. In fact, preview for Slam and Jamie Andrew. I'm, I'm debuting a new team. We did the surprise team, fake surprise team. I'm doing yeah. the turnaround team. I've looked at historically teams have turned it around the second half, mm. and so I've got my eye on a few of these teams around us. Like Portland is yeah. one where I legitimately do think they could turn it around if they just start making trades. Like I don't sure. think it would be that hard for them to jump no. up into the play. They've got good players. Yeah, they're they're not a thirteen and twenty team, right? And so, really, it's like New Orleans. Which did you know New Orleans is ten and six in their last sixteen? Kind of impressive. I know we're probably right there. As well. We're probably close to that as well. They they've been they've they've been hot lately, and they I mean getting the win last night too. Oh, that was, was like that was insane because they were getting killed. And they have no, they were playing nobody. They didn't have Josh Hart last night. Yeah. That was a really impressive win. So I'm kind of, yeah, I guess I, great. I guess I'm feeling like you are more because I don't actually, or I do believe in some of these teams above the Thunder. I kind of trust yeah. like Spurs, Toronto, Indiana. I kind of trust yeah. those teams more. But I also like, I trust the teams below us to continue being terrible. Like I don't think there's some big Houston turnaround coming no despite no, no, what red, red think, 94 was thinking when they were on their like winning streak the, the thing about that is that they were winning with the veterans on the team and jalen green was gone like jalen green is the catalyst like if you don't see that like you're i don't know what you're watching and it's like, fine no, it's watched, good yes, I, yes i see i see some rockets fans getting mad about that it's like why would you get mad that's good he's like he's exactly the type of player it would hurt you because he's so bad defensively, but he does all these fun things offensively that you shouldn't even care. Yeah. Like he's he's getting you, he's going to get them another great player. Yeah, he'll get them another great player. I don't know if he'll be a great player, but if he helps you get another great player, it doesn't really matter that much. I don't know. I've I was I watched a lot of that Rockets game last night, and I don't know. There's a lot to be desired from from Jalen Green's like decision making and. I don't know. He's just kind of a weird player. He's, he's not quite as I envisioned he would be in the league. But. I think I think if he had a different backcourt mate, because Kevin Porter Jr. is terrible defensively as well. Like if it's a if, it's a horrible match. Yeah, like if they it's just had like match. if he had a defensive guard next to him, and you wouldn't have to worry about that as much. Like if he's playing alongside like Ricky Rubio, I bet he'd look like a lot better. Who, by the way, might have. Torn oh his no! Don't bring ACL. up that name. Not today, Al. It's so, Not it's, today. I'm, I was oh. so sad about that. That's horrible. And he was and he was like crushing last night too. He was having an incredible game. 
Yeah, that's a bummer. I hope, I hope, I, I still think the Cavs will keep it together, but I don't know if they can maintain like top four status. That's a big pe- That's a without big thing for them, though. Maybe that makes them more aggressive about making a trade. Ben Simmons? But he was one of the pieces for Ben Simmons, likely. Yeah, yeah. Then he, uh, he's, he's such a good connector, you know? I don't know. What, I, I feel very bad about that. It's tough to replace a guy like that. I don't think we have. It really is. What about, is Teo the same as Ricky Rubio? <laughs> sure, you guys, want, you guys want Teo? Try it. He's sort of the Just same. Try it, Cleveland. Yeah. We, thought, we thought he was locked in as a great backup point guard just a few months ago. So why not? We did. Yeah. Maybe he needs a change of scenery. Yes. Jeremy Lamb. He he had a change of scenery and turned things around. Yeah, yeah. He's fine. He's fine. Man, Teo, Teo's a a rough interview. He was the guy that we talked to pregame last night. Oh, yeah. Um, He's just, there's just, I don't know. There's not a lot going on there for Teo. I feel bad for him in a lot of ways. There's it's just, been a rough season. I, a lot going on for him. It's it's must be so weird because, like more than anyone, his role going into that draft was super clear. Like this guy is yeah. a point guard. Mm-hmm. He is like a floor general type point guard, mm-hmm. and he got that opportunity for half the season playing thirty minutes plus a night in the NBA. Mm-hmm. His rookie year, I can't imagine what that did to like his confidence and being like. Yes, like the, I'm getting the experience I need. And then to go from that, so now it's like when he comes in, he's mostly playing off ball. He's, if, he's yeah. com- if, he's, if he's playing, he's getting like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's just like a complete 180. I do feel like he, more than anyone else on this team, needs to go to another team where they might actually be interested in developing him in as a point guard. Because it doesn't but seem who? like OKC is interested uh, the Kings. I mean, they're definitely they they're definitely <laughs> interested. I mean, remember he played to start the season, and he was so bad in yeah. every minute he played. Where they just were like, okay, we just can't do it. They sent him to the G League. They brought him back. They tried him again. Mark is very encouraging about him to the media. Like any chance he gets to say something nice about Teo, he does. Like I don't know. I think they are trying. He's just. I don't know what happened. He just I'm- wasn't. He's I mean, what about uh, what about Houston? You know, he's like the anti-Houston player, isn't he? He he could take the DJ Augustine minutes, develop another young guy. He's actually a point guard, which those other two guys might not be. Hoops Talk sixty nine said the Celtics desperately need a point. There guard. There we go. That's a great one. The Celtics. Why not? The Celtics don't. The Celtics don't develop. <laughs> Any of their players, anyways. Like Grant Williams, is like the only guy. I don't know. That would scare me. That would. That's that would. That would send him to uh, just just to nothing. I don't like that. Uh, uh, okay, you, let's let's get out of this negativity. I want to talk a little bit of positive. I want to talk about Shea. Who, Olivier Saar. Oh, you want to talk about Olivier? Uh, um, I'll, just, I'll just say that he was very bouncy. We've talked about wanting a bouncy big. He looked very bouncy. Sure. Bouncing yeah, around. It's fine. I, I'm just saying, fine. like. I've lived the Isaiah Roby experience. I've seen what it's like. I'm open to Dude. living some Olivier Saar experience over these next couple of weeks. Why not? I'm also op- way open to the Mike Wilkes experience because he is a company man. When the game got a little too close at the end, he put Roby back in 
and then that sealed it, sealed the win for the Kings. Who was he taking out at that point? <laughs> Muscala. Oh, Muscala. Muscala. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm big on Mike Wilkes. He's he's the first player coach in Thunder history that played for the team, also coached the team, uh, which is pretty. Oh, that's cool. cool. I didn't realize. Also, that. first African American head coach for the Thunder, which is yes. also cool. Um. And just like an like he was incredible pregame. He was just so much fun to talk to. He, so he, he just he he said that he found out while he was on the elliptical that Mark called him while he was <laughs> like doing the elliptical, uh, which is just like great visual. It's just I don't know. I like him. He was awesome. I mean, it's it, it's great. Like because this is happening to multiple coaches, and it's obviously happening to yeah. a ton of players. Like to be able to get any type of NBA experience, just so you have tape, or just so you can see what it's actually like to be yes. like in charge at an NBA game, even though he sat on the bench all this time, like that just much must be a huge opportunity that like, when else would you get yeah. that? Oh, it, I, I think there are a lot of, and obviously like where we're at in the league, is just, so, it's really strange. And to me, as long as like nobody gets like seriously sick or like hospitalized or anything like that, like there are a lot of like good things to take away from it. Is that like, you get all these G League guys to see what they really are, you know. You get to find out who they really are and get some tape on them and know, like, okay, well, you know, DJ Wilson, who's got an opportunity in Toronto, like, is DJ Wilson an NBA player? Well, we get to really find out over the next, you know, week or so what he is. Um, Olivier Saar was not going to play for the Thunder at all this season. There's no chance of that happening. We get to see what he looks like. You know, he... Now he's a, I mean, he played for Kentucky. You know, he's he's a guy that you know was pretty well known. And does he? He's not going to get a chance in the NBA, but he is now. So some somebody's going to stick. Greg Monroe back in the NBA, like that's kind of fun. Stanley Johnson playing for the Lakers, like playing a lot for the Lakers. Uh, you know, there's some there's some stuff there, some positive stuff. Okay, it's not that fun. As you started listing off these names, I'm like, okay, I'm not that interested. Let's keep it no, moving. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's no. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of it, it's. I mean, that beats a stoppage. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think the NHL completely stopped their games. Which, yeah, I would. They I did. Would, I would much prefer this, and they can. They can really only do this because we have the vaccine. We feel like Omicron is gonna is a yes. little milder than it was back yes. in 2020. So, mm-hmm. you know, I. It's obviously not the greatest product being put on the court right now, game to game, but they're keeping things moving and we're getting a look at some of these guys. So mm-hmm. you want to talk about Shea because I feel like he's been on a run recently. Shea. Yeah. And we're starting so, to get a lot of all-star buzz. Yeah. Uh, one, I don't think he's going to make the all-star teams. I don't either, so me, like any let me, chance. Let me, put that out, <laughs> let me put that out there before we even dive into this. Um what I do want to talk about is the free throw stuff because it's something that uh, we talked about preseason. It's something that I think all NBA stars do is they get to the free throw line and they make their free throws. And over the past 10 games, he shot the second most free throws in the NBA. Wow. Which I think is pretty impressive. Now you've had a lot of players out, blah, 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 still. Like to shoot, he shot in the last 10 games, he shot 80 free throws. Um, on the season, for total free throw attempts, he's sixth in the league. Uh, 
which is to me wildly important. Now, some of it is that like Trey Young has missed some time. You know, he Shea has played uh let's see. Thirty games. Oh, they played the same amount of games. So it's fine. He shot more free throws than Trey Young in the same amount of games. Which I think is I mean, if you would have told me that thirty games in that they would have the same amount of free throws, I would have said you're you're nuts. Like there's no way. Um but he shot seven more free throws than Trey Young on the season. So to me that's that's what separates you know, stars or like fringe all-stars from like superstar level players is the ability to get to the free throw line. When your shot isn't falling, how do you score points? How do you impact the game? Well, he just continues to drive and drive and drive. Even last year when he was near the top of the league, I think he was second in the league in drives next to Luca. Like he wasn't getting to the line that much and he started to figure it out, which I think is very, very important for the trajectory of his career. Yeah, he's been incredible, especially in a year when free throws are down and players like Trey Young are having a harder time. For him to continue yep. to put up these type of numbers is pretty impressive. The The reason why I think both of you, both of us are dismissive of like the all-star case is because at max there can be six guards because you can have yeah. two starters, two selected, and then two random positions, which could theoretically be guards, but like... I'm just going to name off the guards in the West where I think there's zero chance he's getting in over them. Steph Curry, obvious. Yep. Chris Paul, obvious. Devin Booker, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Ja Morant. Mm-hmm. Like, I think those five are absolute locks as guards. So that means yep. you have one guard spot potentially, but of course that would be like a wild card position. And meanwhile, like, Luca, like, you could technically include him as a guard. I was going to say, Luca, Dame... It's like you didn't mention Dame. Like right. Dame probably still makes it. You know, I just yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's happening. Yeah, I don't think so either. And you, you know what people are going to gonna be, say? People are going to he's going to be in the conversation, but people are going to look at that three point percentage, and that'll that'll be the thing that that like stops them in their tracks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tw- he's at twenty eight percent right now on like that, a massive amount of attempts. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that that will matter, but I think the thing that will matter more than that is wins. Yeah, you know I think that that's where it's like, well, the Blazers have seventeen wins and the Thunder have thirteen. And we didn't even mention well, Dejounte Murray. Like Dejounte Murray, if the Spurs like pick up a couple more wins, like he easily is going to be in the conversation as well. He's had a great year. Yeah, yeah, he's been incredible. We didn't even talk about Russ, Andrew. Didn't talk about Russ. <laughs> Russ, you know, Russ has had some highlights and some lowlights this yep. season, certainly. Um, yeah, uh, Russ, I mean, you joke, but Russ still probably has a chance to make it. I was actually shocked. The, one of the more shocking stats I've heard this season was McKelly mentioned that he's shooting like 48% from the corners. I, like, yep. couldn't, I couldn't believe that. Of he's, course, had a, he's had a decent season. He, just, he has. He just is. He's just so loud when he makes mistakes. Like I got Taylor sent me on Instagram this video last night where he took a mid-range jumper and it hit the top of the backboard. You know where it's just like how. And, but and, there were he had a lot of great moments last night. 
you know, he had that bad moment, but he had a lot of great moments last night. He did, but the thing is, like, every time the Lakers, and this isn't just Russ, but every time the Lakers have a good moment, you look at who they're playing, and it's always the worst teams in the league. Like, their schedule is about to be so hard. And this, this idea that they're going to get it together during this upcoming stretch just feels unbelievable to me with AD out. If AD was there, then maybe you say, okay, maybe it comes together here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the problem has and always has been the fact that they have no reliable role players. I mean, they played Avery Bradley, Stanley Johnson, and Carmelo Anthony 30 minutes last night. Darren Collison out of retirement. Darren Collison played 15 minutes in a game that he shouldn't have played. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at this point, I mean, they have Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. They just decided, no, thank you. We're not going to play you guys. Yeah, what a waste of a of a roster spot if you're not going to play them. It's bad. I mean, it's it's those fringe players because like Russ hasn't been horrific for them, and he's a plus nine in that game last night. Uh, Malik Monk has actually been a bright spot for them to a degree, but like they just have. I mean, Stanley Johnson, because he's youngish, wing sized, and athletic gets to play 32 minutes. Like those are like the minimum requirements for the Lakers to get to play minutes. Yeah. It's just wild, man. It's just so crazy. Just can't believe that. Um but the Shea stuff really is encouraging where if you believe that Shea is going to be, you know, an all-star type of player or even a superstar type of player, there's times like this where you can like you can make the argument that he's going to get there because he's figuring stuff out. He's figuring out getting to the free throw line. He's figuring out how to get shots off. He's, you know, he does help teammates get better. I mean, he takes this Thunder team that had no business being in a game with the Kings. And part of that's the Kings, but part of it is that the Thunder just don't stop. And some of that is his leadership. So there's, there are some encouraging things there from him because I, you know, all the way back from the day they traded for him, I think that people have kind of questioned what he is and what he's going to be. And he continues to take these steps that you're like, well, if he could just do this, then then maybe he could be an all-star level player. Well, he just like continues to check the boxes that like you lay out for him. So yeah, if, um, if you could there's combine, a, there's a lot to be encouraged by. If you could combine last season production with this season, like if you had, if he was shooting. I mean, last year he shot 41.8% from three. But if he, if he was just shooting like 38%, he'd be at yeah. 25, 5, and 5 with probably right around mm-hmm. 60% true shooting. Like, just an incredible line. So if that shooting or when that shooting comes around, he is going – like, his statistical line is going to be like a statistics dream. Like, a, like mm-hmm. all, all the stat nerd guys are just going to love Shea. I mean, they already do love Shea, but – he is really going to be one of the more efficient guards in the league. Yeah, I think the three ball will come back around. Like, I'm not – I really just – I don't feel worried about that at all. I, I think a lot of it is the guys he's playing with and the space he has and the kind of shots he takes. Like, it's just – he's taking 28% three-point shots, you know, when you watch him. Yeah. Like that's, like, that's what he's doing. He's not taking good three-point shots. And this is – this is the time to like get into the laboratory and try stuff and, and figure things out. 
Like still, like he was thirty-three, five and five last night. I mean, there's a lot of franchises that would just kill to have a guy that could, you know, put up numbers like that on any given night. Now the Kings don't. I mean, I, I like Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton, and I think De'Aaron Fox is a fine player, but like they would kill to have a player like Shea. They don't have a player that caliber. Yeah, you, you really notice like the difference in organization and like leadership when those two teams are going against each other. Like, like I yeah. really like Tyrese, but even him, he like doesn't feel like the face of a franchise type guy. At least as long as De'Aaron Fox is there. Like De'Aaron Fox soaks up so much of that attention as being like the face of the Kings. And I was really positive on him when he originally came out. You remember he was one of the guys who like actually wanted to play in Sacramento. Like yeah. he, he had a very like fresh vibe to him going to the Kings based on what they had had previously with like DeMarcus Cousins. And it feels like as he goes on in his career, he's just, he's like the, the King's infection is just like infesting him or infecting him more and more and more to the point where now he like feels like a King's player that he, where (laughs) where he didn't feel that way, like in his rookie season in the second season. I know. I know. It sucks. And it does. It really does suck. And I mean, and you look at the standings, I don't think the Kings are going to make the play in. But it's not impossible. They they need to make some trades too, to to figure out some of the defensive stuff because the defense is just so so bad. Um, I was ready to uh, I mean, t- tweet that because uh, Alman Gentry, after their last game, said that was the most disappointed he'd been in his thirty four years of being in the NBA. I and I was like, I man, the Kings are trying to uh, prove him wrong that he can go into to even <laughs> lower depths of disappointment and despair if they lose this game. <laughs> Oh, I know. It would it's it's bad. You know, they're only a game out of the play in right now. But they need to jump a team like the Spurs or the Timberwolves. Which just doesn't I don't know. Like the Timberwolves have a have a lot more juice than the Kings do. Uh this season. So I don't I don't know that they can do that. They uh, are Portland I do I do think has a chance to get in there. The thing with the Kings, though, especially comparing them to someone like Minnesota, like they have ammo, like they're they have their picks, they have mm-hmm. a bunch of young guys that other teams are interested in. Like mm-hmm. people, people want Harrison Barnes. They've wanted him for years. Sure, people sure. like Halliburton. There are still people who obviously really like Fox. So they're in the type of position where they absolutely could make a move, and they just have refused to because they've been betting on this core. And it just feels like they have to do something. There's so many teams that have to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Like Portland, Sacramento, Boston, Indiana, Philly. Like all those teams feel like they have to make something, some kind of trade. Yeah. I still think that there's a match between the Kings and Philly for Simmons. I I just call and just be like, whatever you want. (laughs) Like, let's make, let's make whatever combination work to get, to get this done. God, Simmons so feels like the most else. Kings player ever. He does. He does. They the problem with the Kings is like they just need somebody that can defend at a high level. And Simmons fixes a lot of those things for them. He does. You know whether he he ends up with Fox or with Alberton, like who cares? I don't I don't care which one it is. Like just just switch this up a little bit. It's just so bad. It's just and it's just so wild that like Ben Simmons, who is a top 
30 player in the league, 20 player in the league. I don't I don't know where you put him. Just gone. Just not playing at all. Just out of the league. Same with Kyrie Irving, who's probably a top 10 player in the league. Just out. Just like doesn't play. That's like those those two storylines to me are just some of the it's just crazy to me that like yes those players need to be traded but it's like man they just they just flat out don't play and I know Kyrie's going to play part time here starting soon but still it's just those are two of the weirder storylines that you know like ever right <laughs> oh yeah for sure so we play the Suns tonight yep who are without DeAndre Ayton I think he's in COVID yeah. protocols, but as far as I know, they have all their other key pieces. Mm-hmm. So we might get a lot of JaVale tonight, which would be a thrill. Yeah, that would be very fun. Uh, second night of a back-to-back, it's a tough one for the Thunder. Really impressive last the, time they played them, though. Yeah, they played really, really well in the first half. Uh, kind of the A half that had me questioning so many things in my life, you know? <laughs> It's like, like, what is this? Like, if, are they beating the Suns? Like, what are we supposed to do with this? Like, how do we, how do we handle this? Like, I don't know. They ended up losing by twelve. But well, I do think yeah, we've at least a weird one. we've at least gotten to the point where nothing surprises me anymore with this team, and I actually expect them to do well in every single game yeah. now. Now, if Shea is out, then you know all bets are off. But as long as he is playing, I go into games thinking it's going to be competitive. And it'll probably come down to the fourth quarter. And we still might end up losing by 10 or whatever, but they are going mm-hmm. to be right there with this team, whoever it is. It could be anyone mm-hmm. throughout the majority of the game. Like there's very few teams anymore where I feel like they're definitely going to blow the thunder like out of the water. Yeah. Uh, then they get the Knicks on New Year's Eve. Easily could have definitely won. win. Well, they've won two in a row. They beat the Hawks, who are like had nobody. On Christmas Day, uh, they beat the Timberwolves. Yeah, they could beat. They could definitely beat the Knicks. Uh, they got Dallas on the second of January. Have been better Go as of late way. without Luca, but still, they could easily win that game. Yeah. And they have this uh, home and home with Minnesota, where they play January fifth in Minnesota, and then January seventh at home against Minnesota. Winnable. How do you how do you feel about that? Like 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 I was just saying, like uh, take away the Suns game tonight because I, I do feel confident the Suns will win. But like those yeah. those next four games, if you told me they went four and zero or three and one, like I'd completely believe that. Would not mm-hmm. shock me at all. I'm yeah. guessing they'll go more like one and three or two and two in those four games. But mm-hmm. this this team is just they've, and it's so funny because at the beginning of the season, that's what we were, or I was, complaining about, <laughs> which looking back, I shouldn't have been complaining. They just like looked so out of sorts and they looked like mm-hmm. the team everyone thought they were in terms of like Zach Lowe saying that they would challenge for nine and 73. Now it's like completely flipped. You just know what you're going to get every night. It's going to be like good basketball, competitive, even when they miss their shots, like they're going to play good defense. They somehow turned into like a very predictable team night to night. Yeah, they try really hard, and they play together. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just so curious as to how they'll handle trades and this roster and who they play and like, are we going to get more SAR minutes here? 
the rest of the season? Like, is he going to be our Moses? Like, what is it? What are they going to do? Like, yes, I do. Yes, I do think there will be a Moses Brown player that will come to this roster and be like, I don't really know why they're playing, but we really know why they're playing. You know, some people might get attached to them. Who knows? Yeah. I still get some tweets like, we should have never let Moses Brown go. It's like, all right. Thanks for paying attention to to what's going on. Um, You know, I I don't know. I think this next stretch is actually kind of important. Like the the Knicks through the Wizards through January 11th is kind of an important stretch. Like they need to lose a majority of those games where they've got the Knicks, the Mavs, Minnesota, Minnesota, Denver, Washington. Like they need to lose those games because then they've got like Brooklyn, Cleveland, Dallas, San Antonio, Charlotte, Cleveland, Chicago. Like all those teams, what they have in common is that they have probably they have more talent than the Thunder, and they all try hard. And so I don't feel as bad against teams like that. Whereas like the Knicks, like who the heck knows Minnesota. I don't know. Like the Thunder could win both games against Minnesota. That's entirely possible. Washington, like the Thunder could win at Washington. Like that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely um like on edge about the future of this team right now. Like it feels like we're in this kind of limbo and the the rest of the season could go either way. And I have I honestly have no idea which way it's going to go. <laughs> I, well, actually, I will say that I don't think last year is going to repeat itself. Like I feel pretty confident in that, unless unless Shea yeah. gets hurt. If Shea is healthy, yeah. we are not going to see what we saw at the end of last year. Like I don't think they're just going yeah. to hold Shea out. So knowing that, like that's why I feel confident saying like there's no way they're getting into the top two. Like they're not catching mm-hmm. Orlando mm-hmm. or or uh, Detroit. And so it's more like, Too far are they going to stay around the three, four, five, or are they going to go like they could, I could see them easily being like seven or eight in the reverse tank standings at the end of the year with the way they play. It is possible. I would still predict four or five. Cause if, if be, we get to the end, Andrew, prediction. and we end yeah. up as like the eighth spot. Yeah. Like let's say yeah. Indiana trades off some people. They become worse. Like there's a few teams that could yeah. trade off people and become worse. I'd be surprised if Indy did that. Like it's just not, that's just very anti-indie. It is. Well, okay, maybe they were a bad example, but like there, there are teams that are also feel like they're kind of like hovering around. Who's this. like the biggest? Who? Okay, well, who's the big, biggest candidate for that? Like, who are you most scared of? Who am I most scared of? Just being worse. Well, like I mean, New Orleans is ahead of us right now. We obviously we could finish ahead of New Orleans. Um, yeah. Same with Sacramento. I. Yeah. I'm not as afraid of Sacramento. They just. They're just dumb enough to win more more games. I'm d- but I like I think we're better than them. Just as a, if if everyone's healthy, like we're better. They have more talent. They have more talent than the Thunder do. I don't think it matters. We have more heart, Andrew. We have more grit. Okay, <laughs> but the point of all this is to say, like, if they ended up at the seventh or eighth spot, yeah, would you? How would you look back on these last two years? Because it would feel like a failure to me. Yeah, I mean, it certainly did not. If they end up with zero top five picks. Yes, exactly. That, that's the years. more important point. Because obviously if they get to the end of the year and they jump up like Memphis and we're yeah, all just happy, it, like, yeah. great, who cares? I was going to say, 
yeah, if it's Memphis or a Toronto situation where it's like, oh, well, they finished seventh and they're the fourth pick anyways, right. then it's like, great. Who cares? Uh, but if they finish seventh and end up the eighth pick, then yeah, I mean, I think that you do have to take a look at maybe some of the priorities that they placed on some of the stuff, like keeping a Kenrich Williams and a Mike Muscala as long as they did, you know, waiting as long as they did to pull the levers with, you know, Al Horford last year is something that, you know, you can look back on today. Um, you know, and some of it is that like, they're just too competent. <laughs> that, that's what it comes down to me. And, Cause like you can, you can nitpick all of these individual decisions but like, yeah. think about think about all they did just to get to where they were. Like all yeah, I know, they tore they tore down so much to get here. It's like, true. I almost think that if they if Olivier Saar was playing twenty minutes on this team, like they'd still be right around where they were. Like, I I know there's a point yeah. there's a there's a tipping point where it would matter, like where the team because we saw it last year there was a tipping point where they clearly put a team so bad on the court that most nights we knew we were going to lose. As long as Shea is healthy, like I just don't know if that's even possible. So, so it all comes back to Shea, and if if that's what it comes down to, then I feel like you legitimately have to start thinking of some of those trades that we kind of scoffed at, whether it's like a Sabonis trade or something else. Like, if you're never going to be able to get a top five pick as long as Shea is healthy, you have to do something else to get better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am endlessly curious about what it will look like you know at the draft do because they haven't like the thunder have like this this treasure trove of assets like do they put those assets toward trying to move up do they put those assets toward trying to get another player like what do they what do they do because that's the good thing about having the assets is that you have options you have different avenues in order to compete but yeah, they they may just be too competent because like teams like Detroit, Orlando, Houston, when you watch them play, they just have this this level of just <laughs> just disgustingness. Yeah, you like, know where you're like they have a Killian Hayes who like know. is always going to pull you down, like the, always. And then the always. Magic just have like all young guys. There's really no. It's like Terrence Ross is their vet. Yeah, they and they they stink. Like they don't. There's no rhyme or reason organization to what's going on in Orlando. It's bad. Where, like the Thunder, they just have this base level of expectation, this base level of competence, this base level of development that is just a higher level than those three teams. And like that's good. That helps. That's going to be very very good for the future of this team. However, the thing that matters the most is talent. Like, do you have the highest level of talent? And in order to get there, you need one. You need a tremendous amount of luck. You know, I if Josh can become a scorer, and you know, Mike Wilkes, you know, talked about some confidence that he has in his ability to do that. Um, then, then maybe you have like a really elite player from that draft. In this next draft, you just would rather have the third pick. <laughs> I just you'd rather have the first pick, honestly. But like, you'd rather have the third pick than the sixth pick. That's that's the way that it is every year. And can they do it? 
And honestly, the question is like, can they do it without trading Shea? Because I, I do think at some point you have to at least think about that. You either think about doing what you said, like see, going out and using your picks to acquire players, or you think about trading Shea. See, I think that ship has sailed. Like, I think if you were going to do that, as much as we thought it was crazy last summer, or at least most of the fan base, I think that was the last chance you had to make that kind of a trade and move forward. I think if you do that trade now, you're going to alienate like such a huge part of the fan base because they've already been conditioned to think that these were the tank years and yeah. they've already lived yeah. through the tank years. And if you trade Shea and move back even further, and now you're just mm-hmm. trying to get Shea again and an additional guy, I think, mm-hmm. I think if this ends up where we don't end up with any top five picks during what are, we're supposed to be the quote unquote tank years. I think the two inflection points were one, not tanking this Chris Paul year. Like, because Shea wasn't amazing yet. He was he was yeah. still super young. I think that was his second year in the league. Yeah. Like I think I think that is the one year where if Chris Paul wasn't on that team, if you didn't have all those vets on that team, they could have been bad with Shea playing a bunch of minutes because he he that was his mm-hmm. first that would have been his first year really learning like that. Yeah. And I think the other inflection point would have been trading Shea this past summer. Once those passed, sure. because we're we're now gonna be four years into the post Westbrook era. Four years into the post Westbrook era. The only argument the only argument would be is if you feel like you could acquire a lottery pick for the twenty twenty three draft and your own that the twenty twenty three draft is that big of a deal. But even that like it wouldn't just be you're trying to acquire a lottery pick. Like you have to get a top pick. You have to. Yeah. And yeah. I, and you can't guarantee that. And no team is going to willingly trade Victor Wenbanyama or for Shea. They're just not going to do it. Teams don't do that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why you would do it soon. And that's and I don't think they would ever I, I just like I think that's over. Like that whatever opportunity that I was, I don't even though they're, I don't think they're trading Shea. I'm just trying to think out loud of like, what are your options? No, I know. You know. And that's why I'm starting to think the other way. Like, okay, now we actually have to start thinking about like going and acquiring players that are already established in the league because it's not I, like we thought coming into this year, like they're adding so many more rookies to this team. They're obviously mm-hmm. going to be worse and it's just not true. And so now looking All, Looking, yeah. looking forward, like we can't say the same thing again this offseason because we've seen what this team does. Like, no matter who they get, it's yeah. going to work out where they're like 13 and 20 at, at the new year. This is this is this entire conversation is why they have to trade Genrich. And like why pulling every lever you have available to you this season has to happen. Like you have to do it. Like if you're committed to this plan, if this is the plan you're committed to, pull the levers. Like there's such to do there's it. such tiny levers though, Andrew. Like it does it even matter? Dude, the numbers don't the yes, the numbers don't say they're tiny levers. I think they're they tiny don't. levers. I think they're tiny. The it I I agree that on the surface it feels that way. It absolutely feels that way. And I love Kenrich. Like, I, I get that he's hugely helpful. The numbers just don't, the numbers just do not say they're tiny levers, though. 
What what if Aaron Wiggins is the next Kenrich? And you, and you trade Kenrich and then you're playing Aaron Wiggins 30 minutes a night. It's like, oh, well, now he's our plus minus star. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. The thing about Aaron Wiggins, though, that we saw that Kenrich was doing last night was Kenrich was organizing the entire team out there, but the second unit. He was like, no, 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 you be here. No, 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 go away. No, you go here. You do this. You do that. And it, like, then they score points. Like, he just does stuff. Like, there's just, I, I understand, like, it, it is almost inconceivable that he's the guy <laughs> that's making all this work. Like, it makes no sense. And I am fully aware of that. But the numbers just say otherwise. And so I just... I, I do... But I'm just saying, like even if you think it's a small lever... A tiny like lever. The, the Thunder needed a small lever last year to pull to get to where they needed no, to be. No, that was a huge and lever. The Shea not playing is like the biggest lever that They exists. could have used – I know, but they needed levers pulled sooner is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they needed the levers pulled sooner last year. And like right now, Kenneth Williams and Mike Muscala plus 16.7 – is Mike Muscala plus 17.3 for Kenrich. 17.3, 97th percentile. They don't have anybody else that's in double digits. Nobody else is in plus double digits on the team. And to be clear, like meanwhile, you, you you've got like Isaiah Roby, Derek Favors, JRE, Josh Giddy, Darius Baisley, Teo Maladone, all like drastically negative. You have your answers right in front of you. Like the math is is very clear, what works and what doesn't. And so, to me, you have to take away the two things that are working the most. Like, it, and it makes sense why Mike Muscala would make them that much better because they just nobody else can shoot. Nobody. You put one guy out there that can shoot. It's like boom. Well, that's why you need to go get somebody that can shoot in the draft at the top of the draft, right? Yeah. Like that's why and so to me I know Mike loves OKC. I know he loves cereal. I it's, <laughs> it's great. It's like, such those a, guys are great. It's such a like I, who cares? Like just sit him. Like we don't have to play Mike Muscala. He's playing like 14 minutes a night and we're saying that sure, this is the sit, thing that's going to okay. push them to play in. Put sit Mike. But I think they at this point you can I don't think you can sit Kenrich. I just don't think that's the right thing to do for him. 
and I love Kenrich. I'd love to keep him around, but if if keeping Kenrich is the difference between the seventh pick and the fourth pick, trade him. That's that's my argument. That's insane. If that's the case, that's just insane. Rockthar said, we also don't know what pressure the league itself has put on Presti and how far he can go. They haven't gone f- far. Like, they're, they're fine. What does that mean? And they're good. The league, not, <laughs> the league is not putting pressure on Sam. Like, that's just not, like, that's not happening. The only reason they put pressure on Philly was because that particular season, which was the season they won 10 games, that was the only time they put pressure on them. And it was because they were yeah. so bad. Like, if anyone, it should be Detroit yeah. that's having, pr- like, league pressure put on them. Like, they're o- awful, and they were awful before Jeremy Grant got hurt. Like, I know that's going to become yeah. the talking point when Detroit, when we start having these conversations. Like, is Detroit going to break the all-time win-loss record? And everyone's going to say, well, they didn't have Jeremy Grant. Like, they were terrible with Jeremy Grant. Like, this team has been yeah. awful the entire season. It, like, OKC's out of the woods in terms of national conversation. Like, Zach Lowe apologized. Like, it's done. Like, this team is completely competent, no matter who is on the court. So I, I think that's over, yeah. even though they had, like, the 73-point loss. Yeah. Alex, there are eight players that have a better on-off differential than Kenrich. In the, in the world? In the world. Nikola Jokic, <laughs> Steph Curry, Fred Van Vliet, Devontae Graham, which I don't really know how, George Hill, Patty Mills, Emmanuel Quickly. Like those are the guys. Like that's it. Like that's that's the list. The list is over. And then Mike Muscala's two people behind Kenrich. <laughs> I mean, some of that is I don't know. You I mean, he's a game flipper. He has been all season. I understand it feels tiny, but I'm just saying that I think if you just took him off the roster and you and you couldn't play him, I do think it would make a difference. Do you not think it would make a difference? Especially with the team. I mean, the Thunder, when they win games, how many games have they won big? Like, hardly any. Right, yeah. Right? And the games that they're winning are very close. And so if they're like winning like these one- and two-point games, like a small lever does matter. It does, but like I just feel like we've we've I've done this. I've had this conversation for the last three years. We always think like, oh, we just need to stop playing this guy. So and we keep doing it. We keep trading away vets. Everything keeps getting stripped down further and further to the point where we're talking about Mike Muscala as like the thing that's preventing OKC from being bad. Like at some point, this team is just like going to be competent no matter what. No matter what I mean, happens, that might be the case. That might be the case. But as long as Shea is healthy, obviously believe- that's the one thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do think that it would matter. I do think it would absolutely matter. I think at least, you at least have to try. That's my point. It's like you at least have to try. Like show me how committed you are to the plan is, is part of my point. Like show me, like how committed are you to the plan? If you're that committed, like you'll find a deal for, for Kenrich. He's being talked about on national pods. It's not like I'm sitting here no, taking I know. crazy pills. I'm like the only one that thinks he's good. Oh, no, everyone thinks he's good, but it's it's also then you hear what people are willing to offer you, and you're like, well, who cares? And I get what you're saying. You're saying like it do, at some point it doesn't matter because you think that the benefit of trading Kenrich is going to be greater than the return regardless, like in terms of the actual return of picks or a young player or whatever. It's more about mm-hmm. just making the team worse. 
And I'm just not convinced that the team will be that much worse. They won't be as bad what as they... What do you they, do with the numbers, though? Like, what do you do with the number, though? Because even as bad as they were last year after Shea went down, that was with Shea going down. They still won, like, three games. They won three games. They're already at 12 games right now, and they're going to have Shea the rest of the year. They're going to win way more than three games from that same point. Like, they're probably... Even if Kenrich isn't on the team, they're going to win, like, 22 to 25 games minimum. Yeah, I think they'll be around the. Tw- I, be- I bet they'll win around twenty games. See, I think it's going to be more than that. I mean, they're, they're only eight games away right now. We haven't even reached the halfway point of the season. Hmm. I understand. Let me see. I'm just saying. Our remaining strength. Show- we have the well, the one good thing we do have the ninth hardest remaining schedule. Of course, I don't yeah. believe any of They've this. A, anymore. They, I mean, I looked at the schedule earlier. They've got a lot of tough, tough stretches coming up. Yeah. And. Like that matters. I do think if if they can if they can acquire a big or use one of these G League guys or somebody like play Isaiah Roby. Like I don't care like what you do like what however you do it. I do think those things matter. I mean, we saw with Isaiah in the lineup, it was tough. Like oh, for <laughs> it sure. is, I, it is tough. I guess what it comes back to for me is like. You're doing all this just to get the fourth or fifth best odds. Like, that's really what mm-hmm. you're probably going to end up as. It's not like you're doing yes. this because that's you. That's ha- where I think they're going to be. It's not because you are doing this because you think you have a legit shot of having the first or second best odds. Like, you're just trying to maintain what you had last year. And so, yeah. at some point, I feel like, well, you've already lost. Like, it's over. Like, you, you've lost it at some point. Now you're talking about like tiny little percentage points between like four and six and it's like who really cares yeah. at some point I, v- I very much care because if they end up at the seventh spot and drop to 10 like that's where it's like that's where it's really really bad like part of it is like mitigating how far you can fall you know what i mean yeah i just feel like it's already at that point like we're not gonna have a, we're not gonna be in prime position for a pick we already know that right the difference now between the six and the 10th pick though like the difference between six and ten even even in the last draft is like is pretty big yeah but you just said that you think we talked about the teams ahead of them and you're not confident they're going to be worse than us like they're not going to get to the 10th if they keep kenrich that would be that what would I'm be saying really crazy. Is, no, what I'm saying is like if they if they were at seventh, they could they fall, could fall to, tenth. to tenth. And the, that's what <sighs> I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like mitigating how far you can fall when the lottery when you go to into the lottery. Yeah, I mean that's that's that is a concern. At least we have the Clippers pick. It's looking a little sunnier. Yeah. No offense to Paul George. I hope he gets back healthy, but they are sure they are. But, but we hope you're out for as long as possible. They're only <laughs> and healthy afterwards. A game and a half ahead of San Antonio. Which San Antonio will pass them. And that's that's like the whole and San Antonio is in the 10th spot. And then all you need yeah. is Portland to make a big trade and start moving up. The, the, the scenario for LA to be like the 11th seed is there. It's, yeah. it's, it's more realistic than I felt a few weeks ago. Yeah, and Brandon Boston just went into COVID protocols. Okay, there's another one. Should not matter. <laughs> your, your late second round pick. 
He's been fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that he. I don't. He doesn't help you win, but he's been fun. Uh, yeah. It's just there's. It's gonna be fascinating. It's gonna be fascinating to see what happens. I don't know what. I don't know what Sam is gonna do. I mean, the good thing is, like, at the end of the day, you do have Shay. You do have an extremely competent organization. Where, well, I mean, if you do end up with some luck and you get a top three pick in this draft, and that's why I feel so confident in like the their ability to develop a high-level talent. For sure. And that's why I'm not like getting actually upset yet because I know that that's a possibility. They could literally end anywhere in the lottery and jump up and all of our concerns would be wiped away. Yeah. I know that can happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to freak out until lottery night. However, I yeah. promise to freak out on lottery night if we do end up at like <laughs> eighth or ninth pick. I will be screaming. Yeah, eighth or ninth, eighth or ninth would be really bad. It would be really bad. That's why you got to pull even the smallest of levers, in my opinion. Tiny little levers. I don't know why you have this disrespect, Kenrich, telling him he's no, a tiny lever. No, it's not. It's not disrespect, Kenrich. It's respect for the organization. They they have convinced me now that they are incapable <laughs> of tanking over a full season. They cannot do it. They try as hard as they can. They're incapable of doing it. <laughs> I don't think they're trying as hard as they can right now. Dude, I agree, but at the same time, this is the same roster that people, very serious, smart people were saying we're going to challenge for 9-73. and And even though we thought that was a little ridiculous, but dude, these are... We thought it was very ridiculous, though. We did, but at the same time, it's it's Zach Lowe. Like, smart, intelligent people who we know are spending the time, like, pouring over these rosters looked at this and said, that's, that could be a nine-win team. And even though we thought yeah. it was wrong, it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nothing. You can't, it's over. It's <laughs> over, Andrew. The tank is over. I, I started this, this pod saying uh, the tank wasn't over. Now I'm back on board. The tank is over, Andrew. <laughs> we got to push for the play-in. <laughs> we're only two games back. Oh, um, no. Two games back, no, Andrew. Not Why not? The play in. Why not? Yeah, not pushing. I don't no, no thank you. Let's get Shay the All Star game. Yeah. Push for the plan. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, thank you. Uh yeah, that's I mean, like I said earlier, like this next stretch is like wildly important to the tank. Yeah. It's still existing. Because it is going to get hard. The end of the season is so much harder than it was last year. Remember when we <laughs> we had three games against the Kings and they felt like so monumental? Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be like that this year. The teams we are playing are going to be fighting for seeding or play-in versus playoff. So I'm less worried about that. Yeah. But we still have some mm-hmm. some light stretches coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this next one is a light one. So got to do some losing, Thunder. Good luck. They can't it's do it. It's just funny that it's just funny that like that they get hit by COVID and still are left with like their best closing lineup possible. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where they were closing with that lineup last night. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're going to beat the Kings. They're <laughs> going to do it. Cause they have Shay, <laughs> Shay Dort, Kenrich Wiggins and Muscala. I was like, Oh no, they're going to do it. They're going to beat this team. I really thought it was going to happen. Um, all right, Al. Go, go shoot some bows and arrows, and uh, we will talk to you guys again on Friday.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.